All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's season four, episode five. Don Schreiber, Dividend Doctor's in the house. Yo, Don Schreiber. Hey, uh, Matt, how you doing this morning? Talk to me, man. Oh, man, I'm I'm excited about what's going on. I mean, corporate results are phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're on fire. Phenomenal or phenomenal? Whatever. All right. Well, by the way, you know, the tariffs don't seem to be slowing down big companies whatsoever. You notice that? I noticed. This earnings season? You know, this earnings season, there's not much talk about tariffs reducing their, uh, you know, earnings. I mean, there's only a few companies that have been disappointing. I mean, this is ridiculous. I've I've, I've heard 80% of S&P 500 companies that have reported have beat analyst estimates. 80%. That's the highest level ever. Yeah, well, most uh, of these companies, right, that are being affected by the tariffs, I've read that, uh, you know, most of them are raising prices, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down the consumer whatsoever. I'm sure I mean, consumer th- sentiment came out. I think we might have mentioned it last week, but people are like, yeah, I'm going to spend some money. Hey, listen, I'm sure that there's some sectors like steel industry, you know, that have been slowed down a little bit by, these, by the tariff cranberries. situation. Did you know cranberries are getting crushed? Because I think some of this noise is going to go away real quick. Yeah, well, did you know S&P 500 profits are up nearly 24%. This is profits are up 24%. This is according to Thomson Reuters. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, a couple other things before we get to earnings, because most companies are reporting now, and I, I've got data you know, across small, mid, large cap, across the globe. I got the whole, the whole thing here. Hey, Professor Matt, come I on, educate us, man. Jobs, man. Jobs, 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 right? Okay. Nobody's talking about this, but the economy for through the first seven months this year has averaged 215,000 new jobs. You want to know what it was last year? You think it was over or above, over or under 200,000? It was close to the same thing as far as I know. 184,000 jobs Whoa, one year a, ago. That's a nice increase. That's a big increase. Hey, and we were at full employment before the year started. So check this out. You know where the most of the uh, the folks are adding jobs? Retailers. Retailers, brick and mortar retailers. Brick and mortar's on its way back, baby. Brick, brick and mortar, not at Amazon. Brick and mortar. Now, last year at this time, it was shedding six thousand well, jobs. Amazon a month owns from a brick and mortar retailer, now, right? Right. Six thousand a month negative through the first seven months. This year, twelve thousand positive a month. Man, big time. Now the other maybe sector, that's why these companies are moving. I mean, these companies got some good performance. Well, the other sector that's adding Retail, jobs like a, crazy, manufacturing. Manufacturing is adding jobs like crazy. I know that's been a consistent uh, grower of uh, jobs, and we also have wages increasing. So we got more people working, and we have wages going up. Yeah, yeah. isn't that good? So I'm going to switch gears really fast here, and I just want to throw something at you before we get into earnings. Okay, don't grind them. Big, big uh, Wall Street Journal article on God. I can't talk today. <sighs> 
cryptocurrencies and the pump cryptocurrencies pump and dump is that the stuff can, that can superman's you, afraid of i don't know man it, it's it's whatever Crypto? you know the yeah kryptonite cryptocurrencies man i bet they're okay. like kryptonite there's been a lot of talk about this but they had this article about pump and dump right this is a segment of the marketplace where there aren't a lot of investors it gets bought up very quick and then all of a sudden gets trashed from a yeah, price man. perspective. A, a, a couple of big institutional players now, or big wealth players. I was thinking you know sovereign wealth funds or whomever can come sure. in and control most of this market. Yes. Drive prices up because it looks like there's buyers. Right. And then boom, they're out at a higher price. Right. Well the uh, whole thing collapses. And, and other people That's are pump left and dump baby. Right, right, right. Do you think some of this may have been happening in in say May uh in small cap stocks? Thinly traded? Could be. They've been the bright be. and shining, shining star this sure. year. Hedge funds, you know, they go out and they uh, lever up those uh, small cap names and, uh, you know, buy a massive amount of, uh, you know, share count. And, and then everybody gets excited about it. Everybody else follows them in. Boom, they take that profit. You think I'm on to something there? Could be. All right. Could All right. be. I, I just, it's a uh, danger sign. That's a warning sign at the end of a, a, a late stage bull so, market run that, you know, things are starting to get a little wonky out so there. Yeah. So we're we're hitting a little bit of the, the current news here this week. Just trying to try to freshen it up a little bit. I'm throwing a couple of things here at the dividend doctor here. Don't get fresh, man. Hey, look, man. CityWire uh, headline article. Why is why is active investing so hard to kill? And and you know what? what they had a cockroach as as the lead picture. Are you kidding that me? That active investment managers are cockroaches? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding you, man. Oh man, I, I got to tell you. And, and the reason why it's so hard to kill, in my opinion, having looked at some of the statistics is that if you don't focus on the average active manager and you actually focus on the good ones, the performance differential long term net of fee long term over like the last two more full market cycles is astoundingly it, it in the favor passive. of active managers. Right, right. I don't know you why, know? you know, the, the media pulls out these numbers, you know, these data points on average active managers like anybody wants to invest their money with some dude that's either average or below average and, and, i mean i'm smart right. enough aren't you smart enough to find somebody market, who's better than average the market is average that's what it is it's I know. average it's right down the middle it's an average of the stocks that are in the index come on and did you know in the same article and the average s p 500 index has only a 5.4% rate of return since 2000. 5.4. You know, people don't invest in, in, yeah, in equities they, for with a 50% decline potential and, plus and, for a 5.4% right, rate of return. 43% of the return comes from the dividend. So four or five from the dividend, five, six, you know, from the... Hey man, dividends are uh, important. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, what was interesting about this article is that active managers have double the assets under management of passive. Wow, I didn't know that. Did you know especially that? With double. All, still double. Especially with all the leakage used we've to had. Be, used to be a triple. You know, there's been a lot of insanity out there. People, you know, going for the low cost as if low cost is going to solve their investment problem. So if you invest in an index that only has a 5.4% average rate of return and the fee is zero, you still only have a 5.4% rate of return. Right. Um, you, you know what the funny thing is? It doesn't kinda, solve anything. It, if you really think about it for a second, active management is like the house. 
the cockroach is the thing, thing uh, passive management creeping around in the basement at the moment Could from be. an AUM perspective. I don't think we need to characterize anything as a cockroach. I think that's just, I, I, that's just wrong. It just is wrong. Why would they do that? I that's not know. nice. They just used that's the picture. Nice. Somebody Meanwhile, pulled in a picture. They thought it was going to be cute. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, so you know, folks at CityWire, they're good people. They 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 write some really good stuff. They do. They they do a good job reporting. I think so. I just didn't, you know, I, I you thought didn't that, like this I, one. I thought the cockroach was well, a little you know, over the top. Kind of insulting. Well, yeah, we're an of, active manager. Yeah, we're an active manager. Anyway, did you know that value stocks this year, Russell 1000 value, has outperformed growth stocks by the widest margin since September of 2017? That was for last month. Last month, widest margin. Value stocks versus growth stocks. Russell hey, 1000 value versus when there's, one, when Russell there's 1000 a ch- growth. With people. Up investors. Four versus three. Advisors. If there's a change in leadership month. from the hot, hot, hot growth in tech trade yep. to value, even if it doesn't stick consistently every single month, yep. pay attention. Yep. The market internals are trying to tell you something. They sure are. They sure are. They're trying to tell you that, uh, you know, maybe uh, growth stocks uh, have, have had, had their, their time run. in the sun. They've well, had you their know, run, you know. This year, they've accounted they've driving again. The, they've been driving the indexes straight up for the last five years plus. FANG has accounted for f- almost 50% of the return through mid-July this year for the S&P 500. So it's up about six, but if you take FANG out, it's about three. Now, the top 10 stocks, right, account for 74% of the return through mid-July. Did you know that? So, I mean, you take the top 10 stocks out of the, the S&P 500, you're only up 1% or 2% for the year. It's, it's nothing. Right. So the average stock, average stock. It's doing nothing this year. The 490 stocks that aren't in the top 10 stocks. Right. Those stocks aren't doing much. They're not doing You're not too talking much. about too much positive return. They're, they're not doing too much. So let's get to That's earnings That's also here. a warning sign. When the market internals start to flip so that it's a very concentrated uh, uh, run at the top of the leaderboard, and that's what's giving you most of your return, that's a warning and a danger sign. It yeah. happened in 2000, 1999, 2000, uh, happened in 2007 to a degree. Today, it's glaring. So, you know, let's talk about the leaderboard. It's earnings season. Yeah. And uh, we're finishing up here. I mean, this is pretty much one of the last times we're going to be talking about earnings season here on Bull Bear Radio. It's one of the best we've ever had on Bull Bear Radio. For this quarter. This quarter is is killer. Yeah. Um, So you look at the S&P 500. Uh, I've got Bloomberg here, 438 companies reporting, and we've got earnings growth year over year, 24.87%. Pretty stunning. Yeah, FactSet has uh, through last the end of last week, twenty four percent compounded growth rate over uh, you know earnings from last year. Mm-hmm. And you know the thing that's interesting is that analyst estimates on June thirtieth, before we started coming into the third quarter, were for uh, estimated earnings growth rate of twenty percent. So we're actually above running twenty percent above what analysts were. Per, uh, we're projecting, you know, twenty four over twenty. Yep, and that's that's unbelievable because you know, again, people in the first quarter were saying, "Oh, this is the peak. It's not going to ever get better from here. It's going to go down. It's going to slide right into the toilet." Yep, that's not happening. Actually, no. earnings are strengthening, and the forecasts are getting better, which we revenue. can get to in a second. Man, look at revenue: revenue nine point eight seven percent on on the whole thing right now, with four hundred and thirty eight companies reporting. So almost ten percent. I mean, that's strong. 
real, real strong. And there's some there's some real uh, movers here. I mean, Energy 122 on earnings uh, year over year, 122%, 22% on revenue. But you know what the standout to me is? You want to know what the standout? Materials, man. Materials are trucking right now. 51% earnings growth, 26% revenue growth. Unbelievable. 26, what a standout. Hey, let's talk about sectors for a second. You know, materials, man. Energy actually is underreporting estimates by 3.1%, according to FactSet. Consumer staples also 3.1% under at the sector. This is, you know, what the yeah, sector is doing. Telecom, in the middle of the pack this quarter. Telecom is leading. Uh, with with uh, uh, above estimates, four point one percent. Yeah, the, so, the thing you know, that's a little concerning right now with uh, two of three reporting here is is the one point one percent revenue growth there. So it's a slim yeah, margin man. of success. Well, Same thing with utilities at the moment. Yeah, utilities are uh, you know flat. But on on revenue growth, so right on revenue growth, but their earnings earnings growth, are good. Earnings, ten point eight percent up over what you know uh, beating expectations. Earnings for telecom up twenty two and and twelve for utilities, but you know uh, again information technology thirty seven percent earnings growth fourteen point seven seven with uh, probably about two thirds of the uh, or a little bit more maybe seventy five percent of the sector reporting here. Um, so, uh, yeah, 37 and 14, uh, 77, pretty darn good. And you, consumer discretionary is killing it, you know, you know 18.78 and eight. You know, what seems to me to be a, uh, something to watch is, you know, energy is starting to miss the estimates, right? So analyst estimates are actually too high for the energy sector. Right. So I would really look for those sectors that continue to perform well. So telecom sure. services, um, we just talked about healthcare, 96% of companies reporting are beating expectations, followed by information technology with 93% of companies that have reported um, beating Earnings estimates. This is awesome. Only 48% of energy companies have beat estimates. So they're mm -hmm. below, way below average. Yeah. Now, if you look at, um, you know, the Russell, uh, you know, 2000 stocks here, there's uh, 1,523 reporting, 33% uh, earnings growth, 10% sales growth. So pretty much in line, a little bit better on earnings than your S&P 500 counterparts. Um, but, you know, kind of uh, on par. Uh, they're, they're not like stunningly outperforming. I mean, yeah, it's a 33, but still. And 33 um, is stunning to me. It is. It's unbelievable. But it was, it was higher last quarter by, uh, you know, 10%. It was like 42%. So yeah, it's the quarter's down not over yet. There's still a lot of uh, small and mid-cap Yeah, but everybody's been ta yet. talking about Smith and how it should outperform here, you know, dramatically because of the tariffs and their, you know, their businesses and exposed. A, a of, you know, a lot of that 42% has to do with, you know, tax, tax. act reduction. Mm -hmm. And you have to take that into account. Yep. One of the things I would do is, you know, I would continue to look for the revenue leaders, revenue. So by sector, you know, who is leading yeah. right now, just like you said, Matt, materials has, uh, th there are four sectors reporting double digit, digit growth, according to uh, FactSet, with materials leading. Mm, I've got five on Bloomberg's, but en it's a slim margin. Energy, information technology, and real estate. Materials, Man industrials, yep. Yeah. Real so, estate's not there, according to Bloomberg, but it's kind of like, uh, that's a mix and match, so. So, uh, you know, stick with, um, we just said that energy seems to be uh, under-reporting, 
Not, oh, I'm not sorry. Meeting. I was looking at uh, uh, you're looking at S and P 500. Yeah, you're you're spot on. I was looking at uh, Russell. Okay, so we got but energy really, energy twenty two percent revenue growth. Materials twenty six percent. We've got fourteen percent for information technology. Real estate eleven point eight four percent on revenue. So yeah, yeah. I mean, those so, are you good. Know, if you want to know what's going to really, you know, earnings are last quarter, right? So. Uh, people are pricing er- last quarter's earnings right now. If you're looking for where you, you might get good relative earnings to other sectors, other stocks, follow the strong revenue growth. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we're going to wrap up earnings season here in a second. You know, the surprising thing here, you can g- keep on listening because we're going to talk about European stocks in just a moment. But the Dow, the Dow's a big surprise this earnings season. And we'll be back in just a moment. Bull Bear Radio roared into 2018. You can now find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. For more market news and insights from our hosts, follow us on Twitter at Bull Bear Radio. And we're back. So, uh, you know, as always, uh, you know, ask Alexa to uh, to, to play Bull Bear, Radio. Bull Bear Radio. Alexa, please play Bull Bear Radio. Or on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, and all all the all the stuff. You know, uh, I think you can even get us on TuneIn on Sonos if you're sitting out on the back porch and you really want to listen to your favorite fun financial podcast. You know, that's what we do here. This isn't boring stuff. We try and bring you some information. Live We're trying it to up make a finance bit. fun. Yes, and and sometimes the dividend doctor is just too fun. You know, it's just a, it's just so much fun. Whoa, yes. So um, anyway, uh, yesterday I'm I'm talking to some advisors. I was talking to an advisor on the phone, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I got this client. They're very sophisticated. They're they're want to uh, want to know why uh, you know we don't have more invested uh, in Europe, overseas." I'm like that's a disaster from an earnings and revenue standpoint. Are you? I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, like, look I mean, at the it, fundamentals, man. I think it's pretty bad, isn't it? it pretty bad. Uh, you look at the Bloomberg European 500, right? Which is the the biggest companies in Europe. So they're trying to give you like Break a little bit of an equivalent here to uh, the S and P 500. 300 companies reporting right now. There's there's 385 in in this so called index. Uh, I know it's not widely followed, but it just gives you a counterpoint with a similar number of companies, right? To the um, S&P 500. Yeah. Uh, and we're looking at mid-single-digit growth rates across the board, basically. In earnings. In earnings and revenue. How, and revenue, too. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we got 24% on earnings in S&P 500, uh, U.S. domestic. Yep. And we've got... Um, 9.8% or almost 10% average revenue growth in uh, U.S. S&P 500 yeah, companies. And, and, so and we've got low single digits for earnings and revenue growth in Europe. And somehow those companies look like a better value to people. They are better value and in, a better in, in opportunity. That they haven't risen as much in no, price. No, but they're still pricey, man. Yeah. So that index is pricey. So, uh, you take so a, you got these terrible earnings and revenue growth rate, and you've got a high price multiple on these. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. So you know what? Nobody's talking about this earnings season. Wow. The big U.S. multinational corporations in the Dow, man. The Dow is having a banner. 
uh, earnings season here. Big. Earnings growth twenty seven point five two percent. Twenty seven point five two percent with twenty seven to thirty reporting. The old line. The stuff that was supposed to get crushed yeah, because the, the, of the old tire crushed. companies. Like, I mean, come on. Really, really taxed due to how, the tariffs. How, how, what are they doing? And the revenue 27 is 27% earnings 13.87%. Whoa, almost 14. That's, that's 40% better than the S&P 500. You got to be kidding me. Hey, nobody's man. even, nobody, I haven't heard jackrabbit squat out of anybody on hey, TV, tough, radio, nothing. Tough tariff talk is not slowing the Dow companies down. And this morning I'm watching, you know, one of these uh, cable news networks that will go unnamed. And it was all about how Americans are really fired up about tariffs and tax cuts. And and people, you know, there's all this tariff talk and they hate the tax cuts, too. Hey. They hate the tax cuts. People on the street hate tax cuts. Now, I took a poll Man, around the I office. Like tax cuts. And, and if and, I hadn't gotten one, I'd be really excited. And, and guess what? Everybody was pretty excited about it. Everybody was like, dude, I'm, I'm cool with the tax cut. Absolutely. I, I don't like paying the government any more than I have to. I can I'll... tell you, companies are very excited about the tax cut. Yeah. And the repatriation bonanza we're going to talk about. But let's make that final point on the Dow, man. Yeah, the Dow. Look, uh, energy companies, 50% earnings and 18% revenue growth. But you know who the standard out is? Materials. Materials up 103% on earnings. Revenue up 75%. 75% industrials, 25% uh, earnings, 10% revenue, consumer discretionary, 12% earnings growth, not quite as good on, on, on uh, sales growth. Uh, information technology, 34% earnings growth and uh, 15% revenue growth. So, Professor Matt. The best of the best. The best stocks. Right. right. We, we like individual like, stocks. We like there's there's some that are doing, you can buy there's a some lot that are doing great, oh, and there's yeah. some that aren't doing so good, right? You, you have choices. And you wanted to just talk generally, broad strokes here, dividend doctor, about buybacks and dividends. Well, you know, we wrote a few articles here about repatriation bonanza, and so far... Q1 stock buybacks for the S&P 500, which is the information we have available so far, is, you know, really rocking it. It's a record, right? Record really? buybacks. Record buybacks. Yeah, man. And, you know, that's helps support the market. When they buy back shares, the company's actually going in and buying their stock. They're supporting Take, the stock price. Well, they're taking, and they're taking, because they're taking shares off. And they're taking and shares off buying. and shrinking, right? The What's amount of shares the that are available, which will, demand. which will essentially incrementally drive the price up. If there are less shares available, prices will rise. Yep, that's what buybacks do, right? So yep. they're really been they've been extremely powerful over the last, you know. Uh, 10 or 15 years as companies have used this to engineer better performance in their stock price. The thing that I get excited about, you know, buybacks can come and go, you know, if the companies have excess cash flow, excess profits that they can reinvest in buybacks and, and use that money for buybacks, they do that. But, you know, first they typically pay dividends. And if we take a look at dividends and dividends record, now this, the important thing here for us is how can I game the investing environment so that as an investor, we can win more consistently over their whole lifetime? By gross stocks, right? No. By value stocks, because over a long period of time, value outperforms growth. Yeah, but 
by dividend paying stocks, the higher the dividend, the better. And if you happen to be coming into retirement, which 77 million baby boomers are either in retirement or coming into retirement or would like to retire, and many of them can't, man, dividends are an amazing source of cash flow to pay lifestyle expenses and dividends. And here's why. But shouldn't you just sell sell your dividend paying stocks and buy that 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 Fang index thing? If you want to lose half or more than half your money, people did that. In 1999, people bailed on dividend-paying stocks and bought the high-flying Nasdaq mm, stocks. That didn't that didn't work out I so well. The Nasdaq read, was down like 80. percent I actually read people a couple of people this morning were money. saying that you know it might be a multi-year tech wreck coming up here. Could be again very similar to what we saw 2000, 2001, 2002. When anything gets really overvalued, so the rest of the market might do okay, but there might be an impending tech wreck. Yet, but let's talk yet about again. let's talk about about uh, dividends since 1999, right? Since the tech wreck, for the last 10 years, from the from uh, 2008 2009 financial crisis, you know, oh man, this for the most part, uh, you know, the the growth non dividend paying techier stocks have led, right? But get a grip on this. If you had a uh, uh, put some money to work in. Uh, you know, companies that pay dividends, S&P 500 companies, essentially increased dividends from about $135, which was the total four-quarter sum at the beginning of uh, 1999, $145. Today, it's $434. So the f- trailing four-quarter sum has gone from about 140 to $430. This is um, a research report that was done by uh, Yardini Research. That's a 5.95% compounded annual growth rate in the dividend over the last 18, 19 years. And it's uh, basically a double in what has been paid out in dividends by by uh, companies here in the more S&P than a double more than a double so this is this is uh, something that's really underappreciated about dividend stocks mm-hmm. if you happen to be an income investor your goal is to preserve capital dividend paying stocks tend to be less volatile to the downside they lose less in bear markets that's a good thing and the income your income has to keep pace with inflation somewhat so you can ke- you know, continue to pay your uh, your uh, your dividend. Uh, or I'm sorry, your your bills. Five point nine five is three times the rate average rate of inflation, which has averaged about two percent over this period of time. So, you know, Q1 buybacks uh, are going to push stocks. Q2 is supposed to be bigger than um, uh, Q1 and Q3. Companies are still looking to release all of that money that they're repatriating. So Qualcomm just came out and announced a $30 billion buyback that's going to happen between now probably and the end of the year. And we think the Q3 buybacks are going to be humongous. Um, The combination, this is an unbelievable data point, the combination of uh, S&P buyback capital and dividends for Q1 for the first time ever ever exceeded a trillion dollars. Wow. wow. A trillion bucks. So it's one seemed- more data point that's unbelievable. I almost fell over when I saw this. 
This is unbelievable, right? So from an operating earnings standpoint, these earnings that we've been talking about are high enough to cover 100% both the buybacks and the dividends. So the repatriated capital, which is a couple of trillion bucks, is a bonus on top of that. Things might get really interesting in the second half of this year. Right. So, hey, look, I mean, you heard it, heard it here. Uh, you know, dividends have got your back, man. So if you need to maintain, you know, lifestyle expenses, dividends have got your back, uh, in our opinion. And, and, hey, you know, even if you don't, it unleashes a consistent, steady stream of yield income into the portfolio that can unlock the power of compounding, which, uh, you know, is, is one of the uh, wonders of uh, finance. So, hey, that's, uh, you know, another episode of of uh, Bull Bear Radio here next week, okay? We're going to be bringing to you back uh, the business building corner. So we've got the dividend doctors been doing the dividend corner. Next quarter, we're going to, or I meant uh, uh, next time, we're going to be doing uh, uh, the business building. So, hey, mistake number one. People who own their business or, or even, you know, your wirehouse business, right? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you're a wirehouse guy or you're, you know, you're hybrid, you, you own your own business, you're independent, whatever. Mistake number one is that usually you're the guy. Right. You wear all the hats. You wear all the hats. You, you wash the dishes. You provide all the advice and service. Nobody else really provides that level of advice and service and, through the rest of your business. Right. And that's a problem because that 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 hits your valuation too. If you're the guy, you haven't institutionalized the business. Mistake number two: focus on gross revenue, not reoccurring revenue. Big you problem. Bet. Mistake number three: you eat what you kill, and and you're not you don't have a good plan developed here, right? Hey, when you have a sales focus, you know you're going to try to make the sale. And we see people we think is a big mistake following this uh, very crowded very uh, popular trend. Chasing the hot dot. You know, uh, of doing, you know, asset allocation with low-cost passive index funds as if they're the solution. We just talked about the S&P. If you use the S&P low-cost passive index And this is actually fund, one of the mistakes that, that people make. Uh, there's like 12 different mistakes. You bet. We've and identified you know, here. The this problem is, with that is, is you got to have a value proposition that looks good in a bull market, but you got to have a value proposition that can sustain your client relationship and your business and your revenue stream, both in a bear market and a bull market. And, and mistake number four, and these are the four mistakes that, that we're going to hit next week. The last one right here is that your personal objectives don't match your business objectives. You don't have a good plan. You bet people in the industry really don't plan. And business planning is the foundation. Key. It's key. The keystone. What's the vision? Of whether or not you're going to be successful. Where are you going? So anyway, that is going to be next week's business building corner on Bull Bear Radio. And we'll see you here next week. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. 
Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Inc. The Bloomberg European 500 Index is the capitalization-weighted index of the 500 most highly liquid capitalized European companies. Although a company may pay a dividend, prices of equity securities, including those that pay dividends, fluctuate. Investing on the basis of dividends alone may cause an investor to buy or sell certain securities when circumstances may or may not be favorable. The value outperforms growth statement is based on the cumulative total return for the Russell 1000 Value Index versus the Russell 1000 Growth Index for the 20-year time period of July 31, 1998 to July 31, 2018. Data from Morningstar.